Yo, yo. Yes, indeed. It's your boy Props. Welcome to Daps Radio. This is episode 40. And tonight we're joined by the big homie Scum. Uh, this is an exciting moment, man. We've been waiting for this. And uh, man, I just want to jump. I want to jump into this, man, because, again, a lot of you guys pulled up and I wanted to make sure today we did it different. You know what I'm saying? Because this is this is live right now. This is fucking live. And I want to make sure everybody get a chance to experience what's about to go down. You know what I'm saying? So, Scum, welcome to Daps Radio, brother. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate the intro. Oh, man. Listen, dude, you deserve it. Everybody that comes to the show deserves the intro. I put my all into this. And, and the reason why you're here, brother, first of all, is we do this shit for the culture. This is not a shill space. We don't do this shit to, like, this is, we don't charge anybody. This is literally shit that we're excited about. And I have a strange belief that some things that people are excited about um, might be more exciting to a lot of people, right? And for you, I'm really curious about who you are, bro. Like, the Slimes Project, like, the artwork, like, your history. I'm curious how you got to this place. So... Bro, you you fall right up in our alley of the type of people we like to interview. You know what I'm saying? People who contribute to culture, people who inspire, and people who just literally motivate people to reach higher, brother. So welcome to Daps Radio, and I am Propter Cronkite, and we're going to start this party. <laughs> man, and if I sound kind of congested, man, I have allergies, and out here in the Bay Area, it's been extremely, extremely, extremely windy, and my allergies are on fleek or tilt or based, whatever you want to call it. And first of all, I want to say, uh, uh, Scum, apologize about your dog. Um, her, well, you know, you've been having some issues with the dog. And I just want to say I empathize. I'm a dog lover. Uh, I had a dog named Princess Magdalena. That dog changed my life. So I just want to say I understand, brother. And, uh, which, you know, give, the whole community of DAPS is giving you DAPS. And uh, you know what I'm saying? T to your family, you got to stay strong. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Cash, Cash appreciate, appreciates it. He's hanging with me in the office right now. Let's go, man. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, Scum, where, where are you from, brother? Um, let's see. So I was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona, in a, actually a little rural, shitty town just on the outside of Tucson, Arizona. Um, so pretty much near the border, uh, Tucson has a lot of history connected to Mexico. Um, my dad's Mexican, um, and that's been that's that was the upbringing. Um, Tucson has a pretty big builder culture, big art scene, uh, a lot of old architecture. So. You know, I got to be kind of inundated with both writers and artisans and builders kind of my whole life being around Tucson. Um, I moved, but I plan to move back to Tucson. That's where I want to, that's where I'd like to rest my head eventually. Man, so so what was it like growing up in Tucson in that in that neighborhood, brother? Like, you know, what do you remember as a kid? <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, I grew up in a, so, you know, in the rural areas around a lot of these towns, you get, you get. You get drugs, you get degeneracy, um, and there was no shortage of that. But it was, I mean, my parents moved out there because it was quiet. Uh, I don't think they realized it was end up being kind of the meth capital of that part of Arizona. But, um, you know, it was humble. We, I grew up in a, in a, you know, I never lived in a house that was attached to the ground. It was always double wide trailers. My, my best friend's dad was a drug dealer, you know, um, but it was just riding BMX bikes and, playing video games and fucking setting trash cans on fire. Just like, you know, normal kid stuff, I think. <laughs> yeah, man. The reason why, you know, I, I always, you know, ask questions like that. And I like to start at those places. Like it brings me to, to like my memories, right? Like, you know, we come from different places. Like I remember right now, like maybe at 
five years old, six years old. I was in East Palo Alto. It wasn't a project, but it was a bad neighborhood. It was like the, my mom told me one point the rent was 150 bucks a month and literally do with smoke crack in front of the door in front of the house. Right. So like I turned out pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? I, I like to think <laughs> that, but my, but where I come from, right. It's like, we come from these places where it's not the best place. Right. Or have the silver spoon and end up having a fucked up life. So we always like to look at, or I believe people who do dope ass shit. And this is just my belief. We're all processing some dark shit or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or trying to do something differently from where we come from and, and reaching for greatness, you know? So, Growing up in that environment with, you know, with with drugs and, and that kind of shit, like, is that were you exposed to art at that age? Were you thinking about art or, you know, what were you thinking about outside of burning and all that shit? Like, when did you get exposed to art like in your youth? <laughs> um, Let's see. Like, my dad is super creative. I mean, to, if we're just going to pull this thread, like, so my dad was in prison when I was really young. And when he came back, he had he always used to draw and shit. But when he came back, he brought the most insane sculptures that he built out of popsicle sticks. I don't know if you know this is a thing, but in, in prison, people would like, they'd make shit and sell it to each other. And he used to make all these like popsicle stick lighter holders, but he also made like these airplanes that you could like wind the propeller. He made this like uh, Ferris wheel. Like people think it's cat, but it was like the coolest shit I've ever seen. But I think my dad is, he really infused me with this like appreciation and love for creativity. I mean, he loves to cook. Uh, he made a ton of art. Um, he used to draw. He's like, even still, like I go to his house, he's working on some, like he, he's a welder. So he's always making some like cool cutout sculpture of a roadrunner or rabbits or something like that. Um, he's always tinkering, but um, my mom's side of the family, um, they're all kind of like, they're well-schooled. Uh, they're a bunch of engineers. Um, so like my grandfather built telescopes um, her siblings were also optical engineers. And at some point I decided I was, re I really wanted to do graphic design. So my grandpa gave me like an old IBM think book with like Photoshop three on it or something like one of the early Photoshop. So I was fucking around doing posterize, uh, which ultimately led to me making wheat paste posters and stuff. <laughs> That's really what I wanted to do is I wanted to make stencils and I wanted to make wheat paste. Um, and so, yeah, my exposure to digital art was like probably around, 13 or 14 years old when he gave me that laptop um but yeah i mean it's just kind of always been around man like what you what you said about we paste before i jump into my we paste story hey listen i want to appreciate everybody for pulling up this room is lit it's fucking full as fuck man we're gonna do a giveaway tonight i'm gonna give away a piece of art from exchange art you know what i'm saying we're gonna do it for the culture promoting artists uh, we got fucking scum in the building this is cloth talk this he's not out here yelling at you telling him all this he's giving you some real shit you know what I'm saying? And, um, dude, what you said about wheat paste, that shit's fucking dear to me because that's how I got my start, right? I got my start doing street promotions. So I used to put up, like, wheat paste, uh, like, rap posters, you know what I'm saying? Like, light poles and, like, um, just walls, wheat pasting around the Bay Area. You know what I'm saying? So that goal that you wanted to create these wheat posters, I would have been the guy executing, putting them shits up, you know what I'm saying, on the late night while in high school and shit. <laughs> that's fucking dope. Um, do you ever get a chance to fuck around and, 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 and make like some posters and shit? Yeah. So, I mean, I always got a little too nerdy with it also because I lived in a really rural area. It wasn't like, it wasn't the same. Like if you were, if you were vandalizing in a rural area, you were just fucking on somebody's property. So it wasn't like, 
it wasn't that cool. Um, it wasn't until I actually like moved into Tucson proper that I like met a crew and got really exposed to it. But I was just kind of like, I was just a lover of uh, like hip hop culture as a whole. And it kind of drove most of my, like my aesthetic and what I listened to and, you know, falling asleep, listening to 2001 every night. And just like, I was just like, I wanted to be a part of it, but I was in this like kind of fucking podunk rural area. So um, I didn't really get into it until I moved, like I said, until I moved to Tucson proper, maybe in my twenties. And at that point I was like getting so nerdy with it. I was just making, I was making stickers. I'd gotten into digital art. Um, so it turned into like, you know, you know how you could order the like 10,000 uh, USPS stickers um, from, you could actually order them from USPS. They would just ship them to your door. So I was ordering stickers. I was making stickers, drawing stickers, playing with markers. And that ended up being my main bag. Like I never really got to, get up late night i was mostly just like making a ton of stickers because i just love doing characters um and i mean i was a fan of like graph history graph culture i watched all the movies wild style etc but um i mean my my love was characters and stickers yo that's fucking dope that's fucking dope you said some real shit you said hip-hop you said look so let's go back so where, where did the name scum come from did you put this up yeah. is this like yeah, yeah this is this is you this is what you used to motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. used to see on the streets <laughs> that was that, so yeah that was my that that's what i went by um but I, I i let that die you know after getting arrested and after like getting a real job i like you know i let the dream fizzle a little bit and when i got into this space my my twitter handle was mateo nft and the dude who was kind of mentoring me was like you need a you need like an artist name and i was like well this is a throwback we'll see how this hits and it ended up being like low-key probably one of the one of the things that's helped me like stick in people's minds, I think like just having a, a simple, easy to remember name goes a long ways. And, and bringing back scum was probably one of the better moves I've made. Yo, that's dope. Yeah. Cause the name sticks. It's just, when you hear it, you're like scumps. What damn, damn. So, so what's, what's the meaning to you? Like, like, like when you picked that name back in the day, what was the, like, what was the ethos, the thought behind this, this tag? I mean, I think I, I went back and forth. I think I talked a little bit about it. Like my family, they're two very different backgrounds. Like my dad's a huge Mexican family. My mom's like kind of uppity white folks. And it was interesting going to like, you know, family occasions with both. And I think I always felt that. And I've talked about this a fair amount, but like being mixed and having that sort of like internal identity crisis, like you're always too Mexican for your white friends. You're too white for your Mexican friends. You don't really belong anywhere. So I think a lot of my identity was based on irony, but more out of self-deprecation than anything. Like I wanted, I wanted to be called scum because I kind of wanted to be perceived that way. But I was a, I was a pretty good kid. Let's be honest. I mean, I did get into shit, but like, I wasn't a bad kid. Um, and I think I, I just played into that. I, I just, I like, I like irony and juxtaposition a lot. So I think that's where scum came from. That's fucking dope. You just embrace the shit. Yeah, that's 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 a good way to fucking look at it. I mean, you know, when you shared your story about like the rural area and then you're up here cultivating these ideas and there's no places to tag. That's like I kind of shared the same thing. Right. Being an African in America, it's like you're not you're not black. You're, you're African because cats in the hood are like, motherfucker, you're, you're African. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you exist in this place where you pretty much become your own and you learn to kind of like whatever they throw at you, you use that as fuel. And, 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 and so I've done the exact same thing. That's why I named myself props. 
because I was like, listen, man, like if the joke's on you, motherfucker, I'm fucking dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's fucking dope, bro. So um, so when you say you, you got a job um, and you let the dream die, like, like, what was that like? I mean, you know, we all know what it's like for dreams to die, but I want, I want you to really, like, visualize this for cats to understand why it's important for them to stay on their fucking dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you feel like you was giving up to the man or conforming to society or, like, you know what I'm saying? Joining the Matrix. What was that like, bro? Because that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think, you know, more than anything, just, like, growing up where I grew up and, um, like, we weren't, the, we weren't the poorest people on my block, but we definitely didn't have as much as most of my friends did. I think at a certain point, I just wanted to, like, not struggle. So I, had, I got some opportunities. Like, I wasn't college educated. I, like, hated going to school. Um, so I like, you know, I barely skated out with my diploma and, um, I decided that like I would just hustle. So, I mean, at one point I was working, like, you know, I had two jobs for a while. I was doing the grind. Um, but I got this opportunity to work, um, have like kind of an adult job at like, you know, benefits and, um, it was a grind, but it, it was cool. I mean, I was like 1920. And at the time, 18 bucks an hour was like crazy money. So I was like balling. I was like paying for all the parties and stuff. Um, and I think that's really, really what it was. Like, I just, I didn't want to struggle and I didn't want, it was always, I mean, I don't know if you can identify with this, but like when you grow up poor and you don't have a lot, you just, you, you end up with a sort of weird relationship with money where like, if you're not spending it, it's not like it doesn't exist. So like saving wasn't a thing, but also like I never wanted to be, poor and I didn't want people to think I was poor so I think more than anything I was just chasing money um I just I wanted some security um so like in, in terms of that like letting my dream die like I think it was just it was a necessity in some ways I mean I was still doing a different grind like when I had that job I had a uh my homies and I were doing a clothing line like we had we were doing screen printing and stuff out of uh this little shop my dad had built for us and then we would set up at the swap meets and sell t-shirts and like you know, I was still, I was still pursuing some creative stuff, but it wasn't on that like grimy part of the culture tip. I just had my little community and we, we were trying to make a thing happen, but it was like, it was like too soon. Like I just, I just wasn't ready for it. Oh, okay. So, so, so you, okay. So you meant more like the, the, I, I get what you're saying, but let the grimy shit go. Just you guys were actually trying to turn that into a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I was. I was always trying to go pro. Like no matter what I was doing, it was like let's just fucking go to the next level first. Yeah, I respect the fuck out of that, bro. For real, for real. That's why I think it's important to have these conversations, right? Like when people look at art and they say, "God damn it, why, why is it, why is this art so expensive or whatever?" Like you have to really understand like what all goes into that, right? Like all all of these experiences you have, you know. I believe, you know, just being a fan of your work in the sense of seeing what you've done. And hearing you speak, you know what I'm saying? I can, when we get to the art part, I mean, I have some serious questions because, bro, that, that shit's like, it's, it's on a, I mean, look, there's fucking cause, Marikami, and in my mind, there's scum. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's based off like what I like as a person. You get what I'm saying? Like certain art resonates and it touches you. And that's how your work is to me, bro. Like, you know, one day when I get older and I, I become somebody, I'm going to grab something, I'm going to get a scum piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so let's go back a little bit, man. You said 2001 is an album I think you said you listened to. Name some of the, uh, the, the shit you came up, um, you know, that inspired you back in the day. I think, 
<laughs> I remember someone like passed me a, a Coolio CD when I was in like was it like fifth or sixth grade, and I had to hide it from my mom. But at the t- like I didn't realize she wasn't gonna care. But at the time, I was like, I can't have hip hop. Um, and then one of my homies' older brothers was a huge Wu Tang fan, and I remember I bought my first. This is a fucking fuck. This is a funny story. I bought my first Wu Tang album on eBay because I wanted to hide it from my mom. So I bought the W, which I still know front to back, every lyric, for whatever reason. I know everyone is like, you know, 36 Chambers or whatever. For me, it's the W. The W's album I, I can listen to front to back. I know every word. Um, but it just sort of expanded from there. And like, I, luckily I had access to some people who knew what good was and it sort of turned me on to different stuff. But, um, you know, I think when everyone was having their angsty like screamo phase i got really into midwest hip-hop um so like all the rhyme stairs shit i was a big atmosphere fan i loved underground it was like old school lp and um i got a little bit into sage francis but it was it was mostly just like doomtree and uh rhyme stairs for i was just a stand like that was just my shit um and i just like every every year i go a little deeper and i i look a little further back and now it's like I put like Big L is always in my like top five, um, and yeah, I my my girl makes fun of me. She's like, if you made a movie, the whole soundtrack would be hip hop. Like you couldn't create a mood if you wanted to, which you know, I think I proved otherwise with the videos I put out. But man, you know, look, I I respect your hip hop taste. You say two things that I'm like, yo, we see eye to eye on the culture music. You say Big L and you say Wu Tang. That's all I need to hear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like those. Um, I was talking to Mr. Unique from Magic Eaton um, probably like a week ago. Uh, we we're on a chat, and uh, we we're talking about hip hop. He was like, "Yeah, man, I was in your space, man. I want, I want to let you know, man, I fuck with Big L too." I was like, "Oh shit!" And uh, and I think I was talking to. I had an interview with Toshi, and we we're talking about like culture and shit like that. And you know, he threw out their Hove and Big L. So I just think it just shaped. You know, you could tell how a person is by the music they listen to. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, dude, I just want to say that's some fucking dope shit. Um, do you think music is important with uh, in creating art? Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, I, I'm a... I like... I'm a, I'm a huge consumer of... We'll just put it this way. I'm a huge consumer of black culture, right? Like, I love... Like, I have my days where it's just Otis Redding and Sam Cooke... Um, and I have my days where it's just purely hip hop. And like basically all of the, the music I consume is a result of that. And I think it's definitely formed my aesthetic, my personality, my like how I want to present myself. Like I even think about this a lot too, where like, you know, as an artist, you're supposed to be pretty humble, an artist in the space, you know, and, and I do try to cultivate a personality of being humble and grateful. But in hip hop, it's like, if you're not telling everybody you're the best 10 times in one sentence, like people, some people might not think you're the best. And so I was, I always think about that when I'm thinking about how I'm presenting myself and how I'm communicating, like what I want to communicate with an audience. But um, yeah, man, I mean, music's huge. Music's everything. It goes along with everything. I'm never drawing without listening to music. I'm never driving without listening to music and I'm always looking for new artists. Yo, that's dope. Uh, so t- when we talk about new artists, it's, you know, the days are different from the Wu-Tang and all that shit. Um, first, let me go back. First of all, I just want to say that Otis Redding, when you say that shit, bro, I was like, God damn it, bro. You, 
that's fire. Otis Redding, that's like some that's some man music. That that boy, that man can sing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> when you listen to yeah, that just took me back on some like childhood memories and shit. Of rolling in my old school like Sentra, driving to the girl's house, <laughs> trying to be deep and shit. Like yo, she don't know I'm I got game. Um, but yeah, man, fucking um, yeah, music is important. I mean, it's important. Same thing in my life. Um, I think it's important in Web three as well. Like. When we talk about culture and culture and culture, like, you know, it's, it's really a simple thing. I feel like music is the glue of all this shit, right? Like, you know, people say, you know, what came first, technology or the music, right? It's like, you know, what was it? Was it a sound first or was it an instrument first, right? Like, who influenced music? When you look at back in the days uh, with, um, what was that era? Like in the 70s with, uh, um, you know, the little, the little synthesizers they started making, people started using it, right? Um, I have friends who are tech guys, right? Big devs. One guy in particular, I pulled up at his house and he had some Technique 1200s. And uh, this guy, he, uh, he used to work. I forgot, I forgot what he did, but he's, he was one of the guys who helped sell Skype to Microsoft. And uh, when I saw that in his house, I say, bro, got a question. What the fuck are you doing some, with some 1200s? Because he didn't strike me as a dude to have 1200s. And he goes, well, what are you talking about? Props here. Come here real quick. Dude has some, you know, some... Uh, the Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, he had all this vinyl sitting down. And he just started telling me, he's like, yo, I'm a big hip-hop head. When I was in college, when we used to code, we used to just fucking play hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I just think uh, music is important to talk about. It's always good to find out what music people listen to. Uh, one thing about Scribble, which uh, he was on the show uh, two weeks ago, like, it really made sense when you look at the artwork that he's created for Liberty Square, right? L Liberty Square. It's kind of got like a metal kind of vibe. And it wasn't until one of the community members here pointed that out, like, yo, this reminds me of like death metal, like grimy grunge shit. And that was able to kind of like, I got it even more like, yo, did you I get it. I get the vibe. So that's fucking yeah. dope. And he made a ton of band tees too. He's like a prolific band tee maker. Dude's a legend. What's a band tee? Like uh, for bands, like he was making their like merch. He was doing uh, designs oh, yeah. for merch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on on a on a on a big level, on a on a giant level. Yeah, definitely, man. Fucking um, yeah. Look, so that, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm excited to do these shows, man. I get a chance to you know talk to people like you, scribble, uh, fucking. And I, first of all, I got to give a shout out to cardboard because I wouldn't even really know too much about the art scene if it wasn't for people like cardboard, people like treats, people like Sappo. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, while I was out here chasing my DJ and shit, just looking in one way, they were like, "Yo, you need to slow down and appreciate this art." You know what I'm saying? And then that's when I started learning more about exchange art, form function, and stuff like that. So I'm not afraid to say that uh, I was late to the party, but I think I got a good eye because, um, you know, it's, it's never too late to do the right thing and support your local <laughs> artist here in Web3. You feel me? Facts, facts. Okay, so yeah, so Scum, so how did you find your way to Web3? So I was doing, uh, I was doing freelance graph design um, for about three or four years leading up to web three and my main, my like main client, I shared an office space with him. Um, he's this dude from Nogales. He has like a huge family in Nogales. They, they do, um, they're a big family, but he, he owns restaurants. And so I was doing a lot of work for them and he gave me a, a space in his office. So he ended up becoming kind of a mentor to me. Um, and one day I walked in, he was like, we should look into NFTs. I think we might actually be early here. Um, ironically, we kind of were because like, I think maybe maybe a, a month and a half after that conversation, I told him I was quitting 
and I called all my clients, told them I was quitting and I went full-time web three. Um, but you know, he just said, he just sent me in the direction, but then I started listening to, you know, podcasts I started joining discords and did, you know, you know how it is when you get in everything, every, it's a brand new language. It's a lot to learn. Learning curve is steep, but it was early enough that people were still making like, you know, newbie resources. I think now it's kind of tough maybe to find that stuff. Everyone just sort of assumes you even know what's going on or you're a bozo, but um, yeah, but was about uh, January of last year. Um, I sort of like stumbled in, started making art um, and the rest is history. Did you ever fuck with crypto before you just started making art? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> when I was buying Solana, I was like, I was like sweating because it was like $260 a piece at the time. And um, that was like, you know, that wasn't nothing for me at the time. That was like, a, if I bought three or four Solana, I was really extending myself, you know. Um, and before that, I had some homies try to talk me into GameStop. <laughs> I think other than that, like, I never really got into any DJ shit. So when you when you came and started, like, everybody knows you from a couple different places, right? It's like Scum, the artist that did this big giant project, and then Scum, the artist that has uh, slimes. You want to walk us through, like, how your journey was, how you got that start to make some prolific art that has changed the ecosystem of NFTs forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did that happen? I mean, I, I always attribute it to like luck and kind of being in the right place at the right time. And I, I don't know if that's selling myself short or not. I think some people get frustrated with me for thinking that way, but I really do think I just got lucky. Like I was my, the first thing I did was I did a collection of derivatives for DJ apes because I really just wanted a DJ ape and there was no way I could fork over the money for a DJ ape. So um, I started making these derivatives and the community just fell in love with them and really supported me and, and were sort of the wind at my back. But when I made a, a collection of them, I, I knew I really wanted Mono's uh, blessing, Monolith's blessing. And uh, after I made like, I made a website, I made like all, all nine pieces and um, I, then I had to just like wait for Monolith to get back to me. It was like waiting for the Godfather to let me in to get an audience. And then he gave me the green light, tweeted about it, and then started selling stuff. And it was insane. Like my my first auction, I fucked up. It was supposed to be for 48 hours. I made it for 48 minutes um, and it sold. And I was like, you know, standing in front of my computer, my heart's racing. And I had sold the first, my first piece of art ever in my life. Um, and, you know, it was like a week's worth of pay at that point or like two weeks, you know, it was like a paycheck in one piece. And I was like, oh, my God, like, could my life be changing? Um, and as things progressed, I made more friends, made more connections. And eventually I just got reached out to by um, shout out Taylor, Taylor D. Gods. Um, he reached out and asked if I wanted to do a like illustration of Solympus. It's like place where the D. Gods hung out. And they gave me a bunch of notes and a bunch of references. And I think I busted this thing. I was like, I think if I look back on the file, it was like 42 hours or something. I busted out in like six or seven days. Um, and I'd never drawn anything. I'd never really drawn anything perspective. Definitely nothing architecturally. And so it was this like whole new challenge, but super fun. Um, but anyway, I made Solympus, which became their their like website landing page for a minute. Um, and after that was done, they invited me out to to come work on their Dead Gods art upgrade. Um, and I think at the time they were like, well, 
you'll drive out. We'll, we'll all get a big ass Airbnb in, in Palm Springs. We'll, we'll work on it for like five days and we'll be done. That five days turned into like three and a half months um, of me living in different Airbnbs uh, all over Southern California, like between Palm Springs and LA County. Um, and that sort of like, it was nice cause it, it definitely cemented me in the space. Like it, it, it gave me a pretty big audience, but I knew that I wanted to get back to one-on-one stuff. Like I just, I really just want to do my own shit. I had, I had this idea from Makina Muertes, which is still a series that I'm working on now. Um, and I just wanted to get started on it, but the, like the money, the opportunity, the audience, the engagement, all that shit was intoxicating. So when they called me back and said we were going to work on another collection, I was like, bet, let's go. Um, and that was Duppies, which eventually turned into Utes. And that was like, fuck, it was like six months, six to eight months or something. Um, and I mean, everyone kind of knows the story there. I I parted with the team towards the end of that project. Uh, we'll call it Creative Differences. Um, and I took about a month off, went to Breakpoint. Me and my girlfriend traveled around uh, Spain and Portugal in a RV rock climbing. Um, and then... When I came back, I had I, the whole time I'd, I'd been drawing and sketching and like sort of solidifying these ideas for slimes. As soon as I came back, I hit the ground running and spent the next like two months getting slimes ready and launched in January. And now I'm, you know, happily doing doing me. Yo, that's 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 fucking dope. And when you said early, when you say luck, bro, I think I believe we create our own luck. You know yeah, right. Like, like luck, luck, or what is it? Opportunities when luck meets preparation. I mean, exactly, exactly. And so when you when you first got the offer to work on uh, the Seoul Olympics uh, website, and, and that shit was dope, by the way. Like you know, as I started learning more in the space, right? So I came here twenty twenty one spring, yeah, around spring of twenty twenty one. I mean. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing, to be honest with you, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like trying to catch water with your hands. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're learning about shit just as it's like playing out and you're like eggs liquidity all the time. And, uh, and when I saw that, like the design, it was like dope to me. I was like, yo, this is fucking wild. This is fucking dope. How did you feel coming from like that rural background, bro? Like, did you feel like you made it? Like, was there any kind of like, you know, did you feel like, did you accept it? You know, being that you're lucky and the universe blessed you with it, did you accept it? Like, what was some of the feelings you went through doing that? Oh, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it 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 was fucking crazy, man. Like, I, I so like going from where I'd been, where, you know, like going leading up to Web3, I was I was living thin, like within my means, but thin. Like, I, I never really made more than 30, 40 K a year, but I wasn't really. I, I touched on the rock climbing thing, but like my, my big thing for the last like eight years, I think has been rock climbing. There's a lot of that in Tucson. It's another story, but um, like, I didn't need much. I, I traveled a lot living out of my car and I was able to work from the road doing graph design. So it was, it was all good. Um, but coming from where I came from to going to LA and being in these, like so the house that we finished dead gods in was like eight bedrooms, like uh gym, elevator three stories we stayed in the master because my girl was with me and every wall was marble and like yeah man like you 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 can pretty quickly forget where you came from or who you are if exposed to that and you, you have no preparation for it and 
I'm not saying that's what happened to me, but I was definitely like enamored by the experience. I was like, it was totally new. It was novel. And I was, I was swept up in it for sure. I mean, try not to be coming from, coming from, you know, relatively nothing to being around all these people who are like UCLA dropouts, like fuck, fuck even getting the opportunity to go to UCLA, but then getting to drop out and still landing on your feet, still starting a multi-million dollar NFT project and like, you know, being fine. And so like coming from where I came from and then being around all these people and in these environments, it was like, you know, I felt very much out of my depth and I just wanted to be around it more and like soak it up and like see what, what I could learn from these people in this experience. For real, man. Do So do you think, um, do you have any friends from back where you come from that, you know, have, have seen your success and, have you been able to kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, have you been able to show them what you're doing, what you're working on? And like, how's that been? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my, like my personal Instagram, I don't post any of this stuff. It's kind of crazy. It's like, it's like I'm living two different lives, but my homies all know what's going on and they're all so happy for me. Like a lot of them saw, you know, I mean, part of my story, I've been public about it is my sobriety. I mean, a lot of people saw me hit my rock bottom just over four years ago and saw where I was like two years ago where it was like, you know, credit score of 530, couldn't buy a new car, grinding to like run my own business to like where I am now. Like, yeah, my homies are, they're so happy for me. Man, so congratulations too on your sobriety. Um, you made a comment about about uh, climbing rocks. Uh, was climbing rocks and that, that like, was that, was that part of your sobriety or was that part of, because when you mentioned when you uh, when you guys had your differences with the D guys project, you also mentioned like climbing rocks. Is that something that's therapeutic that you do? Yeah, I mean it's it's been pretty central to my like uh, I would just say my identity. I think I, I stumbled on it by accident. I think a lot of people do. Just walked into a climbing gym and I just got hooked, and uh, it it turned into like I said about eight or nine years of trying to progress gradually and it's it was to the point um where i think before i got into web3 we were we were working on a guidebook for rock climbs in southern arizona with some friends we were developing i was bolting and doing first ascents there's youtube videos out there of me climbing um uh, like yeah i mean rock climbing is a big part of who i am and and i think it definitely helped in my sobriety for sure it was it's one of those things um, you know, a big, a big tenet of sobriety is getting out of your own way or getting out of your own head. And I think climbing is one of the most, it's like the most aware you can be in a moment. It's like one of those activities just forces you to be, you know, in your body and out of your thoughts for extended periods of time. So, yeah, I mean, it's big for me. Bro, so so now I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, what kind of climber is he? Are you one of those guys who just put a little fucking chalk dust on your fingers and you just climb a fucking wall? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, I'm trying to think. No, no, there's, there's different, there's like different types of climbing, right? There's, there's, so I mean, what you're talking about probably is like what you've seen in the movies lately. Um, that's free soloing. That's, that's fucked up. Don't do that. Uh, what I did primarily was sport climbing. So there's, there's gear that is, there's hardware that's in, in the rock. Um, they're pre-designated routes. You, you climb with a partner. I was never, I was never doing anything that was like overly sketchy. I mean, you take, I've taken like 40 foot falls, but like nothing that wasn't outside of the realm of safety. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I, I was into it for like the fitness and the like performance aspect. I just wanted to climb the hardest thing that I could, not necessarily the scariest thing that I could. Okay, so I get it now. So 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 it's kind of like when you climb, you guys would like make sure you secure like like you like you hammer into the into the into the fucking uh, into the rock. Is it kind of like that? And then like you, 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 I'm trying to get the visual. I know yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I, no, man, I'm down. We can get into it. I, yeah. So, so there's, like I said, I was doing sport climbing. So what, what you're talking about is trad climbing or traditional climbing. Um, and that was like, you know, how they were able to do bigger walls in the beginning. If you climb and there was a weakness, AKA a crack in the wall itself, then you could place passive gear, passive protection. In their case, in the early days, it was a lot of semi-permanent gear, stuff you would pound in with a hammer. That's more or less done now, unless you're doing really sketchy, sketchy, like at the at the bleeding edge of like what is acceptable on gear, um, you're probably not pounding anything in. More so now, things are are passive, and and honestly, they tried their best to not damage the rock because a lot of people will um, travel the same path, and you don't want to create something that will be potentially dangerous for somebody else. Um, and so they have things like cams and nuts and these things you can place in, in rocks at different angles that will that will if you fall they'll, they'll they will keep you from hitting the ground. What I was doing is called sport climbing, so. It, it just sort of opened up this new world in climbing where instead of you spending a lot of your time and mental energy trying to stay safe, you could spend most of your time and energy trying to scale things that were physically difficult um, and more and more so. So thing, everything exists on, on a grading scale. There's different grading scales in different countries. Um, in the States, you have the Yosemite Decimal System. And um, you um, drill anchors into the rock like permanent anchors into the rock um and there's different coalitions that you know make sure shit's safe that's usually community governed and you know it i got into that where i was actually placing permanent gear and establishing routes that other people would then go climb um and so you you climb with a rope you add a piece of protection to this permanent gear you clip your rope into it and that's kind of your save point in the route so if you fall you fall from wherever the last point is that you clipped into Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's just, that's just deep. I'm, I want to try it one day. I mean, for real. Cause it's like, it's, you know, like being able to like climb a rock, there's like indoor climbing over here. And I'm, I'm actually going to try that. I'm, I'm going to challenge myself and try to do that in the next 60 days just to go on a beginner level. Cause I know that that's, you got to be strong as fuck to kind of like lift yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, I've seen it before. I've thought about it just on some exercise shit myself. So that's why, you know, I, I was asking, I was trying to get the visual like exactly but bro, this is this is fucking dope. I mean, that's again, who would have ever known that you are a rock climber? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, no one would ever. I, I would have never known it, and uh, and 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 you're you're very much into it, and that's that's dope. You know what I'm saying? So when I fucking climb a mountain or a rock, whatever, I'll make sure it's on video, and I'm gonna let you know. Be like, bro, look, I did this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Please do, man. It's a really cool way to interact with nature. And after this, I'll send you I'll send you that YouTube video I'm talking about, so you can see what I'm talking about. For sure, for sure. Well, shit, man. So, look, I want to jump into your art, man. Like, if you were to if you were to describe your style, um, what would you say your style is? Oh, fuck. That's such a tough question. I mean, uh, I would describe it as illustrative, and I would say that I'm trying not to be a perfectionist. Um, I think it's tough to label the style i mean within illustration i don't know i don't know how many different labels you can put on a style but i, I mean it's it's definitely an amalgamation or like a, a 
it's an accumulation of of artists that I really admire sort of baked into me. Like I'm always trying new techniques. Uh, unfortunately, like I, I'm still sort of testing everything and, and leaning into what will hopefully be my, my style that defines me. But um, I mean, I take a lot of cues from artists that I look up to um, like in life and, and in general. Uh, you mind sharing some of those artists with us? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, for a lot of people and for me, one of my earliest ones was uh, like, like Moebius was, or Mobius uh, was the first artist who I wanted to be just like. Um, and before that, it was probably Todd McFarlane. I wanted to be just like Todd McFarlane. Um, and then I think as I got a little older, I really wanted to be, there's an there's a artist from Mexico City named Curiat. He goes with, uh, his name's Fabio Martinez. He does like beautiful mural stuff. And he he's the one who turned me on to these like beautiful interpretations of Aztec gods, these sort of like astral figures that exist in, in the ether and uh, applying sort of Mayan and, and Aztec um, motifs to these like, like really colorful and beautiful. It's like, it's like Aztec meets Alex Gray kind of. Um, and so I think all of that with my, my propensity to just make everything drip and look trippy and have glow, like I'm just a sucker for that stuff. So it's like a mixture of stuff I can't help myself from doing and uh, things I've seen that I know technically are very good that I, I want to like apply to my experiments. Yeah, I mean, and when I asked you the question of like, of, of what do you call, you know, what do you call your style? It wasn't to like limit you into a thing. You know, some people have like a thing they're creating and I thought you have some kind of patented trademark kind of vibe, but your, <laughs> your art's got a vibe to it, man. Like I like your use of light, the way you make light look, uh, you make the way you make light appear to me is dope right like whether it's in the eyes or just certain things and what's what i like about your style maybe it's like what you said about growing up in that in the vibe of the rural area and the culture right like this shit's got a vibe to it like i felt like it had like a cholo like a cholo aztec kind of vibe like outside of the derivatives like you said like the apes and all those and i don't even look at it look at them as derivatives i just look at them as like Anybody who's blessed to have you and your attention on their project, they're fucking blessed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I mean, I've seen the uh, the stuff you did for the pandas back in the day with those auctions. Like, all that stuff, I was aware of it. And it's just, like, your art style is just so unique. And so I, I feel like you, you, you play with the whole universe, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, like, character Zeke has a certain kind of look to it, right? And then if you go through and, and like when you say drip, they, you, you floss in this shit. Like, <laughs> like there's, I see you bro now for real. Like you make this shit look, it's almost kind of like, um, like when I said earlier, the whole, uh, you know, fucking, uh, I said Merrick Kami and I say cause and maybe somebody's like, you can't say that. I'm like, yes I can because fucking you, you buy the art you like, right? Like the Santee piece you have. Like to me, that's fucking dope. It's got the, uh, the the skull inside with the fucking like the um, the day of the dead look to it, and then the mm -hmm. other side is like I could relate with that character. Like that's a character from the hood with the Mexican wrestling mask kind of vibe. So that's what pulled me to your work. Like when I started, when you launched slimes, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Mad FOMO. I was like that kid looking in the window and everybody's <laughs> partying, and I'm like breathing on the glass, like let me in, because um, <laughs> I just I, I felt like that was a breath of fresh air, and I could relate to the art. You know what I'm saying? So I like I, I like shit that has like certain references. And to me, it's like the futuristic Aztec is just like wild to me in my mind. Yeah, so 
I appreciate that. I, I mean, yeah. So the, the, like I tried to, so like I said, I used to do graphic design. I used to build branding decks and I used to, as a, as a result of the exercise, would try to build like several key phrases or key words that would inform the brand. And I know that I wanted slimes. I, I knew I couldn't sit still. And, and by that, I mean like I couldn't do one, one base model always facing the same direction with just sort of like basically a generative project, but one-on-ones, like it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and I knew that I was going to extend far outside of a framework. So I needed a few key things. And I, one of the things that someone mentioned to me as I was like sort of sh sharing my, my Figma and, and my notes and stuff was uh, Chicano futurism. And that, that's just, it stuck with me. It's, it's really resonated with me. And it, it's something that I would like to, um, you know, continue to contextualize in, in my art. And I think, um, you know, we've got a lot of plans, but yeah, I mean, the, the basis of it are they're, they're luchadors and some of them, uh, exist in different parts of this universe in my head. And some of them are a little bit more in touch with, um, the old culture and some of them are more in touch with like the people that I saw growing up, my cousins, the cholas and, 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 you know, the people in that my cousins hang out with and people in my neighborhood. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to try to blend those worlds. And I think it's worked. Like, I think if you see them next to each other, you don't have to know that they're part of the same collection. But when you see them all together, they, they just make sense together. Chicano futurism is fucking fly, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, facts. You guys hear that? Chicano futurism. Like, like, you know, when I said earlier, what do you define your style is? That's it's Chicano futurism. And that's dope what you just say, like, you said a lot without saying a lot. You know that, right? <laughs> um, I grew up listening to Jay-Z, so, I, you know, there's subtext to, to things if you could look. Like, what, what I get is, like, that's like the, you're, it's like the conduit. Like, where are you from into the future? And with that culture, right? With the Chicano culture and sharing that, like, where you came from and there's the future of it. And it really, I mean, I'm excited to see more of this aesthetic because when you look at it, it's like, I have an active imagination, right? And I see like the colors that you use, the, 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 um, how you interpret their, their tribal wear with the time, right? It's to me, it's just, I could look at your shit for all ages. And if you had a cartoon or a TV show, I'll fucking watch that shit all day long as well. Um, art is addictive, especially good art. And good art makes you think, it inspires, and it, it, it provokes some kind of emotion. So I could tell it's not you're not you're not like the typical artist that just grinded hard. I mean, I could tell you got some super proud, bro. Chicano futurism <laughs> is what I was looking for, and I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm so, yeah, that's dope, bro. Push that. And this is the first time I've ever heard that term. So if somebody comes out and says, "Yeah, I'm doing Chicano futurism," I'm gonna be like, "Nah, I think the homie Scum said it first. And we could all <laughs> use the title, but you know, so that's that's fucking dope, bro. So what do you see like? Where, where do you what are you working towards like slime, slimes was your your uh this was like your second project right or your first project so yeah i think i'm glad i got the experience of i'm just gonna fucking lay it all out so like, i'm glad i got the the experience of working with d god and seeing how a big project can run i saw some of the shortcomings and pitfalls and um you know and they're they're grinding they're doing great and i'm happy um you know they're fucking they're gonna flip I'm sure they'll flip Basie, uh, but, um, you know, I, I wanted to go about it a different way. And I also just like, I don't like doing stuff because it's what the, the audience wants. 
and I don't want to have to convince people that it's what they want. Like I want to make what I like and hope that people fuck with it. And luckily that's been the case, you know, I'm, I'm due for an L um, and I, I'm ready, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it it's going to happen. But um, so far things have, things have gone well, but so um, I mean, for an artist in this space, like I think it's, it's a, uh, it's wasted energy if you're not trying to build an audience. I, I think Web3, if anything, has turned us all into marketers, but also Web3 gives you this like incredible access, like direct access to your holders, to your community that, that most like companies don't get. It's sort of like an anonymous relationship with your consumer. But in this case, you're, you're an artist. And if it's your goal to build an IP, then you have this sort of like direct line of communication at all times with a, with a constituency that's, that's present because they're here, they're grinding, they're trying to make money or they're trying to be a part of something um, or they're betting on people who are going to make it. Um, and so for me, Slimes is, is me building that community of people who I can mobilize whenever I do something cool. Um, and so one thing I, you haven't mentioned that is dropping next week after next is all in time. Um, and this is the first of a series of We'll just call it art projects. Um, so the first drop is it's it's merch, basically. Um, and I hate using the word merch, but you know that's for, for lack of a better term. We'll call it fashion, I guess. Um, I'm doing uh, I'm dropping some items that I've been working on since December. Um, we have like a, a really nice crew neck. Uh, you can look at the website. It's allintime.xyz. Uh, you can follow allintime uh, underscore on Twitter. Uh, it's also in my bio, but. Um, this is the first season of consecutive drops where I just want to do bigger and cooler art projects that people have access to. So this one is a crew neck corduroy dad hat, a really nice custom Lamy pen, um, custom sketchbook, a t-shirt that my homie Skullface did the art for. I think he's in the audience. Shout out Skullface. Um, and we're going to be doing a pretty interesting um, mechanic. Um, sorry, I'm just totally shilling at this point, but uh, tomorrow I'm going to post a thread. So we're doing something that's hopefully new. Uh, well, it is new. I, I haven't seen it done um, and may become a new meta. We'll see. But we're we're dropping a, a limited boutique run of clothing. Uh, and the way it's happening is the first slime to come back in two weeks is going to be a raffle. The raffle is going to take place um, via Exchange Art. But we were we partnered with Exchange Art to fork their platform into two other websites. So you'll be able to actually buy these raffle tickets um, as an open edition via the all in time website, the slimes website or exchange art. And then we'll pick somebody. It'll be a raffle. Someone will win the slime. And then all of those raffle tickets are actually the currency that you'll use to buy the all in time clothes. So um, it's basically like a no lose situation. You get to, you get to take uh, participate in a raffle for a slime. If you lose, all good. You can go buy some merch with those raffle tickets. So it's like I really wanted to do something that involved the whole community. Uh, could maybe be a little viral, but um, I just I really wanted to get people in these clothes talking about all in time because the next drops will be I want to take this spirit of collaboration that has been so like ubiquitous in the, in the art space and apply it to physical items. And like my good homie pencils, we've been talking a lot. We'll do some. We'll do some clothes together. Maybe we'll do a toy. Maybe we'll be, we'll do a wall hanging, like a rug. I don't know. Whatever it is, um, we want to do just like cool items 
that you can have in your house. Um, like I'm a big fan of brain dead, um, and a Tucson company called cream. They just do like interesting shit that, uh, apply to all people. It's not like, it's not streetwear. It's just, it's stuff that we think is cool. Um, so yeah, that's the big thing. All in time, I think is really where I'm headed. Um, and slimes will get basically lifetime free access to all those drops. Um, in the future, I definitely want to tokenize every one of the drops via all in time so that they can be traded in the marketplace. Slimes can sell their tokens, etc. I, I, I really, I'm in talks with, you know, Cupcake and Solana Steve, and we're talking about how do we make a marketplace around fidgetal, which I hate that word, but we're talking about doing fidgetal items that basically like, Imagine going to StockX and instead of somebody having to send their, their pair of, you know, Tiffany dunks to StockX to verify to then send to you, StockX already holds it. They're just trading the token and then whoever wants to redeem it can get those shoes. And that way, you know, you don't deal with the friction of warehousing, shipping, messed up boxes, et cetera. Sorry, I just said a lot, but that, that's, that's where I'm trying to go. Now, bro, I think you, I think you just blessed everybody because I know nobody was expecting that, and you just you just laid hella fire, dude. That was actually what you did was dangerous. You put hella shit on the ground, you put hella gasoline, and started a big ass pyre. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so first of all, um, congratulations. Second, this is fucking exciting. Um, I like the approach that you're taking. I think it is pushing the uh, the culture and the industry further. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm looking forward to that uh, that t-shirt drop you're doing. Uh, with Skullface, and I just went looked at the website when you were talking, and yeah, this is exciting, bro. Like this is why we do Daps Radio, right? It's like again, not to chill or anything like that, but we want to fucking know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for real. So, what's the date again, so motherfuckers can get ready? Because I know these cats out here, you know, you know how it is here in Solana. <laughs> so tomorrow, I'll drop the thread that's kind of explaining uh, the dates, how the mechanics will work, where you can mint everything. Um, but the, the raffle will start on July 5th, the raffle ends on July 7th. So it's Wednesday to Friday. As soon as the raffle ends, winner gets picked and the store opens and the store will be open until the following Wednesday, after which the store will automatically convert to accept USDC and Seoul as well. And the raffle tickets will essentially be, you know, they'll, they'll have no value after the event is closed. Um, so from the 5th to the 12th, this will be going live, but the next two weeks are, you know, they're going to be crazy. We've got. On Tuesday, we're doing an SFC with, with Toddy. I don't know if you know Toddy or not. He's a dope uh, comic artist. We're actually doing a, an interactive comic as an addition for SFC on Tuesday. Um, it's five pages. That is actually a storyboard for a video that we commissioned from Wacko that's dropping next Monday. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my schedule right now. So that's why I know all these dates. But um, And then we actually have a collab. Yeah, this, is a, this is a big one. We have a collab with Kalino. Um, that's actually going to be coming out hopefully the 11th. I have a follow-up call with Cab tomorrow, but um, that one's actually pretty big. Um, so I'm just going to, we'll redact that one or whatever. But um, yeah, so things. the next two weeks are just jam-packed. Next three weeks. Bro, that's dope. And I want to say good looking out, man, uh, for collabing with the homie Wombat too. That's an artist that is definitely going places. And uh, I noticed, you know, I have some stuff in the wallet that you kind of collaborated with him on too. And that's dope. Dude, that kid's special, man. That kid's special, for sure. Facts. You know, and, and not only is he, like, he, I think he's special also because, like, yeah, he's an artist and people like that, but he's so bullish on becoming an attorney. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never, like, it actually kind of reminds me when I, was, when I was younger. You know how you, 
you, you try to get into the mindset of being who you want to be, you know, and when you hear that kid talk, he, he's been here on Daps Radio. He was like interview number five or number six or something like that. Always been a big fan to support that kid. Um, but and yeah, Pitt, bro. Pitt threw him a D-God today, I think. I noticed too. Yeah, it was, it was some kind of rare one too. Like some ultra rare D-God. I mean, look, he, he, he's a lucky motherfucker. He keeps attracting and making the right shit happens, man. If you guys don't know who Wombat is, uh, you know, you want to go on your Twitter, put at child of business. Uh, he's about 15 years old and he's, he's, he's smarter than a lot of motherfuckers in here. He's a, he's a sharp <laughs> kid. <laughs> For real. For real. So yeah, man, look, like, like I said, we don't do shilling, but I, that's, that's enlightening what you share with us. And I'm looking forward to participating, um, you know, and so dude, I want I want to ask you, man, as I'm looking through your art, like all this stuff that you have on here, like, got me, like how do what's the process like? Like, I mean, you know, as much as you can share, because like the colors and just like what I'm looking at, is just, it's ill, bro. Like it's, you know, is there acid in, I mean, you say sobriety, even, you, you don't do anything, <laughs> but I'm saying like, like, how do you, like, how do you come up with this shit, bro? Like, um, well, for, for like Makina Muertes, there's, I wanted to explore some very specific things. So I, I bought a bunch of books on, uh, the actual history of the Aztecs. And then I bought a bunch of books on Aztec mythology. And I just sort of inundated myself with that for as long as I could. And I still try to, you know, brush up as much as I can. And my homie, uh, Ketzel, who started Lancer, he uh, he's actually just like a, an incredible resource for this stuff. He's like a motherfucker's a encyclopedia. But he schooled me to a lot and sent me down a lot of rabbit holes as well. Um, and I just, I really wanted to, I wanted to portray my my desire to get closer to that part of myself in a way that felt um, genuine and like me. Um, I didn't want to, I don't want anyone saying that I was like appropriating, you know, and I know <laughs> I am Mexican, whatever, but I, I was just, I was afraid. And so I wanted to make sure that it felt genuine to me. And, and so there's, there's a bit of a backstory with all this stuff. And there is like, there's a story coming together. I would love to do a graphic novel or a comic book at some point, but um, the baseline is like, how could I bring those worlds together? Like my lived experience uh, observing Chicano culture and like real Mexican history. And um, it's always sort of my baseline as I start, but um, I wanted to have something that was a through line for the slimes characters. And that ended up being the luchador mask. And that's sort of like the tell um and you know the the idea was that slimes were like they're your inner character they're your inner child your your inner like if you're on your like main character arc like that's that's what a slime is for you sort of your spirit animal and i wanted them to have this luchador mask because it's it's like it's represented as like the mask of the warrior um so there's like you know there's all these things layered in but in terms of the process like I, yeah i want to look dope i want i want people to want to flex and want to flash these things so um, a lot of it is collecting, um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I collect a lot of photos. I look at a lot of like fashion, uh, on Pinterest. Um, I collect a lot of like, um, image boards that I can use as reference material. Um, and I try to just like build dope fits and, um, just make people look as sick as possible. Um, and in terms of my style, like I said, it's, it's always kind of evolving. Um, try to keep it consistent, but I'm always wanting to try new things. And I think, um, one of the things about the next round of slimes is, uh, 
they're going to be sort of like spirit world slash underworld themed. Um, so it's actually going to be a bit of a switch. Um, all the colors are derived from like um, Mexican architecture. So like I pulled in a bunch of um, photos that either I had or found of Mexican textiles and architecture and I color dropped and try to bring everything together so it felt cohesive and that's where all the colors come from. Um, the next ones will be a little bit darker. Um, there'll be a lot more, you know, skulls and skeletons and um, a little bit of like darker and edgier themes. And the reason for that is this, this, um, this next volume of slimes is supposed to end during um, Dia de los Muertes. And we've been planning this thing for a long time to do an event in Mexico City. Um, I have a call tomorrow. Sorry, this is going to be another tangent. But, but one thing most people don't know is 10% um, of all the sales are being held. And a lot of the uh, addition sales that artists have taken part of for SFC, uh, people donate to um, axolotl preservation or ajolote preservation. Um, I, most people don't know this, but axolotls are from Mexico. They only exist right now in one lake. Uh, Lake Xochimilco. Um, it's the only place they're known to live in the wild and they're dying fast. There's like less than a thousand in the wild right now. There used to be like 30,000 square mile like five years ago. Um, and so we're trying to do a big event in Mexico City. Uh, we're going to paint a skate park. Um, we're working on permissions from the government. Um, so anyway, yeah, this round of slimes is supposed to end during the other right this. And the idea was that this, this, uh, this section of slimes would be pulling from that like layer of mythology from mexico bro so look i, I want to connect you if you need some uh i have a friend rebecca quinones she does a lot of stuff in mexico liquor sponsorship uh with diageo and uh oh. i remember she was doing something and they have some michelin star restaurants and something to do with uh the day of the dead as well so if there's some synergy you're looking for sponsorship for that event uh rebecca quinones she's latina uh, she's she's big in Latin America with with uh, sponsorship and and and, uh, and and liquor and shit like that. So if you need a sponsor, bro, I'll definitely connect you with her because uh, I I want to come to that now. Like I'm 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 turned. <laughs> While you were talking, um, one piece of one piece of art that you have, one of the slimes, the Maya Maya Huel. Yeah, like, th that that piece resonates with me so much. Like, so my Maya Well's cool. Maya Well is. Uh... Her, she's the uh, goddess of Maguey. So speaking of spirits, uh, there's um, you hear about it when you start digging into Mezcal, but um, she was the goddess of Maguey, which is um, uh, Maguey is agave, and she was the mother of 400 rabbits, and the rabbits represented the 400 different types of drunkenness. Um, so that's that's who she's named after. Okay, so I'm glad it's like that that piece spoke to me because I use agave nectar every day instead of regular sugar, and I love mezcal. So mezcal comes from fucking agave, and and I knew those. <laughs> no, for real, for real, bro. Why are you saying she's the goddess of agave, bro? That that piece talks to me like directly. Yeah, that shit's dope. So, I mean, you put a lot of work into your into your, into what you do. Uh, some of the questions I'm asking you, I mean, there've been people who've been like, "Yo, that's six hundred Solana is a lot of money," but that's to me almost like a discount and the reason why i say that is that i mean all the shit you're doing bro like you're fucking climbing rocks and shit i mean you're taking textiles from fucking architecture using that as color palettes i mean this is a lot of stuff and i always tell people that you know when artists create stuff you know you're creating something we've never seen before it's coming to you it, it, it's inspired to you 
the universe inspires you and you share it to, with us and we get inspired and we get moved. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think, you know, when the artist demands a price for something, I don't think we should be like, why? You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> this is it. I just, you know what I'm saying? This is the dopeness I'm sharing with you. So um, definitely, definitely excited about your work, bro, and excited about uh, what you're doing with, uh, you, you know, the new project all in time, you know. Um, right now, I'm going to give everybody an opportunity who's asked for a question. I know some people have wanted to come up to the stage, but when we do this thing, we like to get a certain part of the conversation out the way, and then we open it up for everybody to jump in and join. So if you want to ask the homie scum a question, now is your time to hit the little request and pull up. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't be scared. <laughs> there is no such thing as a stupid question, and there's no such thing as a bad question. And, uh, you know, I ask questions, shit. You know, that's how we do it. Um, Yo, you're, you've been a killer interviewer. You made me so damn comfortable. I, was, I haven't done the space in a while. You killed us. Bro, I appreciate you, man. You know, look, it's just, it's, it's just a conversation, man. And it's, I can't do it without you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't pull out the Big L shit and the Wu-Tang shit and, <laughs> yo, I come from this kind of, you know, it's all those things we identify. And as we identify, it's just like, you know, I just met you and we just chop it up. You know, we're at the airport or we're at a bar or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's why we, you know, I like the show to run like that, kind of natural, you know. So I appreciate you saying that. That's dope. That's dope. Okay, so Scum, man, listen. So every episode, right? So like season one of Daps Radio, and and basically, you know, I want to be clear. Like, you know, some people are like, "What is what is Daps doing?" Daps is not only about Daps Radio. Daps Radio was just created to have something to create credibility and to build with the culture. Kind of like how you created slimes to like generate like a group of people that fucks with you, that fucks with your vibe. And then they get a benefit from all the other dope shit you do. So that's what we did here with daps, right? We said, look, how can we do something that's authentic to us and not be in people's faces every week with bullshit. It's like, look, jab, jab, right hook. Let's do it for the culture. Let's, let's go ahead and amplify stories that need to be heard. Let's go ahead and introduce people to people they've never heard before or never seen before. And we've done that, right? So there's been about 40 episodes and every guest has been important to my story, our story as a, as a community and has, you know, has been an interview we all wanted. Like everybody has been somebody that we wanted to come to come to Daps Radio. So that happened 40 times and today you've been the 40th guest. There's only two more people left and the season is over. And so every guest has been given what's called a Sapphire card. And it's an honorary membership to the highest level that we have at Daps. Now, why I'm saying all this, I want to be clear, right? We're dropping like a dope ass, um, I hate to use the word PFP, like being part of the DAPS collective and having this card uh, scum, uh, we'll look at you as a tastemaker and you're talking about Tiffany's, right? Tiffany dunks and all that shit. So as you know, when Nike releases those Tiffany's, you know, they send some out to fucking Jeff Staples. You know what I'm saying? They send it out to certain people because these are tastemakers. And that's how we look at you. And that's how we look at people in our community. So we're going to give you guys the shit, right? So having that Sapphire card, you get three daps just for being a fucking honorary member of the daps radio. You know what I'm saying? So we'd like to offer you, we'd like to give that to you today. And uh, after season one, no more honorary Sapphire cards. And the only other way to get it, scum, is if you have a black card, a platinum card, and a rose gold card. If you burn those three, you get a chance to get a Sapphire card. Or... So look, scum, these motherfuckers know how to count. I've heard some people say, fuck that shit, I ain't burning it. I'm just going to collect daps, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, again, I'm telling people uh, daps is, is, is an art 
PFP project, which is definitely dope. And you being part of the DAPS collective, you don't have to worry about it. Like you're our tastemakers. And when the art slaps and you like it, you're going to go out there and show motherfuckers what time it is. So today you get your car, bro. And I want to appreciate, appreciate your time and also want to say I'm sorry about what you've experienced again with your dog. Um, you know, some people look at dogs as just animals. Uh, they're not animals. I mean, I'm a dog owner, dog lover. And, you know, I buried my dog at 18 years when she was 18. And that shit fucked with me for like two months. And I'm not going to lie to you. You know, that dog was with me every single day. You know, I have a meeting with somebody, you know, cut somebody out, get off on the phone. She'll come and look at me like, why are you tripping? Let me lick your hand. And then I just be like, oh, okay, let's, let's, Maggie, let's be, you want to get the ball, Maggie? You want to get the ball? <laughs> and then she gets on her back and shit. So, so yeah, so when I heard that happen, bro, uh, we just happy you were able to reschedule and come through today. And we understand. So, again, I appreciate your time, bro. And, uh, man, is there, is there any other, any more gems you want to drop on us before we give away this piece of art? <laughs> no, man. I mean, first of all, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I mean, Cash, he's still, he's still here. We're doing everything we can. We hope he gets better. Um, but yeah, man, this, this, this dog is, I just, I guess the only, the only gem I could drop is like, <laughs> if we, if we kick this thing off in the next couple of weeks and I end up having to step away again, you know, I mean, y'all know why, um, but my boy's here now and he's happy and he's comfortable and we love him. And yeah, man, I appreciate it. Bro. That's what's up. That's what's up. So this is, so what we're going to give away tonight, right? Cause you guys, you guys don't even know what we're giving away. I just said a piece of art. It could be anything, right? But uh, tonight we're going to promote the, uh, the big homie Cody Tarantino. He was a guest of the show as well. So we like to promote some of the people who've been here on the show as well. So tonight we're giving away a piece. Uh, I think one of his last pieces he put out um, from Exchange Art, right? So we're going to do this DJ style like we normally do, right? Um, we're going to check to see if you're following. If you win and you're not following, you just played yourself because we're not going to give it to you. That's just not fair to the people who participate. So I'm going to do it old school DJ style. And if you guys been in here on DAPS Radio, you know what happens when I start throwing these little emojis around, right? So you better get your hand ready. And if you're on the stage, you can't participate. So sorry, Cardboard. I know you're a lucky motherfucker, but you're not going to be lucky today. <laughs> okay, so look. So the first person, right? The first person. Man, I love agave. Um, the first person to show me. Uh, fuck, Glitch. Glitch, yeah. Okay, Glitch, get out of my brain. Glitch, fuck that up. We ain't going that way. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm going to change up. Glitch up here trying to read people's brains and shit, man. I don't know what Glitch got over there. But uh, the first person to show me, uh, first person to clap, guess this one. Clap. Okay. God damn it, Glitch. I don't know what the fuck Glitch is. What the fuck is Glitch doing? Cardboard. How the hell did this motherfucker get it that quick? I, I saw Glitch first, too. Yeah. What the fuck? Too. Yo, Glitch, get your ass up here, bro. What kind of fucking phone you have, man? Is that Are you on a fucking uh, Solana Saga? Because I know it's not an Android. The shit, fucking, this motherfucker clapped hella fast. Uh, so, yeah, look, <laughs> Glitch got the uh, got the prize. Let's see what's going on with Glitch's fast ass. Uh... Man, Glitch, talk to us. Talk to us, man. Is your phone, how did you hack my phone? What's going on? How are you figuring this shit out? I say to Gave. And this motherfucker threw the blue heart. I was going to say blue heart, and he threw that shit out first. And then we say fucking clap, and then you just you was on it. What's your secret, Glitch? Well, you see, I don't live in the real world. I just live on the Web3 web band, just floating in the surface. Layer one? <laughs> Yo, I'm not mad at that, man. So, look, congratulations. Pull up in um, 
the DAPS Discord. When you go in there, open a ticket, and then uh, someone would take care of you, get your wallet, and shoot you over your shit. You know what I'm saying? So we just want to appreciate you for pulling up. And uh, you got a question for the homie scum while you're up here? Bro, I'm just blown away by everything he does. But my fam's asleep, so I can't really talk. I'm just fucking mind blown by his art and everything he does for the community. So I'm here to support, bro. Yo, man, that's dope. That's dope, man. I'm going to give you a follow back, man. I'm here to support you, too. Appreciate you coming up here, man, and holding it down with the family, man. Shout out to everybody here who's holding it down right now with the family. If you're a dad, a mom, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? If you're in the garage because things are tough inside the house, whatever you're doing, man, we all fucking family, man. And I just want to say we appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, that's why we do this. So, yeah, Scum, bro, this has been fucking dope, bro. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know what I really want to do, to be honest with you? This is selfish. I want to sit back and look at your fucking art. <laughs> now that you told me, like, 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 you know, the Chicano futurism and shit. Like, the, the, I forgot which is the one, the character. I'm away from my computer right now, and I'm walking around in the kitchen. But there's a character that's standing on like a little, like a almost like a cylinder that's got graffiti on the bottom, and then he's got the um, he's like he, like I don't know if you know which which character I'm talking about. Um, uh, let me see. Hold on. Let me go. He's he's got the little. Um, Man, Maya, well, she is talking to me. <laughs> Como esta, señora? <laughs> Paquito Espanol, I want you in my life. Okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, and if you guys, um, again, you know, you get a chance, pull up on um, on uh, Scum's Exchange Art page, man. I'm just telling you, if you haven't been there before, it's inspiring. You know, uh, Smiley's fucking dope. I like Smiley because, you know, again, that Chicano kind of futurism, I can really, really dig that vibe i grew up at one point in san jose california which was a heavily uh you know uh latino environment you know there was norteños and serenos everywhere you know what i'm saying and i was just a kid fitting in and i had friends from all sides so i grew up going to the lowrider shows watching the impalas and seeing the aztec characters drawn on the fucking um impalas and shit you know what i'm saying i grew up with the kids rocking ben davis and 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 dickies you know what i'm saying walking with you know like that's the culture i kind of come from so that's why it resonates so much with me because throughout my life, you know, if you're in Northern California, man, it's, you know, there's, we're all out here. And, uh, you know, I've always had uh, my Latino brothers in my life and it was just dope to see an artist like you also repping your culture, you know, also, you know, challenging um, the narratives and, and, and also working past that bias or that idea that you thought that, you know, you putting your foot down and saying, this is my style was going to be like appropriating culture. Fuck that shit. You know, you are who you are and what you share is dope and it inspires motherfuckers. So, bro, I'm bullish on you. You know what I'm saying? Even way more bullish. And I want you to keep going, bro, and reach far as you can. Everything you're doing on this new drop that you said to me, it's fresh shit, never heard before. And I love people who add new shit. That's like what we're doing here at DAPS. We're just doing shit differently. And at the end of the day, if you want a better experience, just try something differently. You know what I'm saying? It might change your life. So, Scum, I appreciate you, brother. This has been dope. And, uh, man, DAPS appreciates you. I'm going to say thank you for, on behalf of the culture, you know, everybody in the community. And uh, Cardboard, bro, you want to say anything to, uh, to the homie Scum? No, you hit all my questions. I, I'm a, I'm as amazed as everyone listening. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, scum. He's a man of few words, but you know that boy being the DMs, man. Uh, Daps Radio would not be here if it was not for cardboard. You know, that's a 
producer extraordinaire, man. He, he, he educates me, you know, as, as a host, you know, we go back and forth like, yo, I wonder, we should get this person. And I'm like, nah, I don't even know who they are. And they're like, now, nah, bro, you just don't know. This person is dope. And then I look, start doing my research and I'm like, yo, this is fucking dope. So, you know, they say, if you're not, if you're not learning, you're not growing, you're dying and regressing. And, uh, you know, shit, you're never too late to learn. And again, I, I thank all my friends and everybody in the community who sends me DMs and just like shout out to Ryan too, uh, the kid Ryan down there, scum. It's like it's, it's dope to have people who like try to put you on a dope shit. Like yo, this is dope. So I just give a shout out to everybody who does that. B Haley and, and Skullface, man. Skullface is a full uh, Skullface. I, you know, look, I appreciate what you do. I saw what you posted the other day of, of doing some art with the family. And again, I'm bullish on you, man. We're real people out here in Web3 with real families, real feelings, real goals, dreams, and desires. And it's more than JPEGs and pixels. You know what I'm saying? So remember, each time you pull up here, you're supporting an artist who's a real person. You know, you're supporting a dad who's a real person. And we're making it look fucking fun, and, and even though sometimes it's not. You know, so I'm going to stop my monologuing at that. And I'm going to encourage you guys. I'm going to drop a few things before we get out of here. Here's the alpha. The alpha is... Daps Mint is coming really soon. Um, tomorrow I have a meeting, right? Like, you know, there's, there's, there's decisions to make and there's things that we want to do. And we're talking to a company, but, you know, if things don't work out the way we want to, we're going to move forward because we've got a plan that we need to do for our community and we can't conform to what other people want. We can only conform and move forward on the plan that we have because we see the vision. And when you have a vision, like Scum said, you can't let people tell you to do your vision the way they want you to do it, because then they're putting your vision on it. And if you're bullish on yourself and what you're doing, sometimes you got to say, now, nah, man, you know, I know it's harder if I walk this way, but this is the way we're going to do it. And we've done that since day one. We've never taken a dollar, period. We've done nothing but pivot and move forward and do what's best for the community and for the culture. And I will always do that over anything. It ain't about fucking money with me. This is about doing something dope, like how... I get inspired by Scum's work. When daps drop, I want people to feel, feel inspired by what we drop and feel the vibe from that shit. So that's why we're not taking any shorts, and that's why it's always about the community, and it's always about the bigger vision of building the brand. So appreciate everybody for pulling up. Again, um, I'm nothing without you. You guys pulling up give me strength and power to pull up every fucking day, and I'll never fucking let you guys down. Just know that shit. So, hey, Scum, is there anything you want to say before we fucking turn this shit on and get the fuck up out of here? Nah, man, I just want to say thank you one more time. I appreciate the opportunity, man. You're a fucking great host. Bro, man, I think I got a future at this, man. I'm I'm going I'm to I'm 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 do something one day, man. I'm going to see where this takes me, man. They say I got a voice, but I, oh, car, Cardboard told me I should quit. Okay, so it's Last Daps Radio. I quit. Uh, I'll be modding over in the Amigos uh, or the uh, Ordo Discord as a mod. Or Scum, can I get a job? You need a mod? You know what I'm saying? I can do tickets. I'm pretty fast. Um, <laughs> so... I'll see you guys later, man. Appreciate everybody for pulling up to DAPS Radio. Make sure you get DAPS listed. If you're not DAP listed, you can't mint. And once DAP list is closed, you cannot get on it, and you missed out on being part of the DAPS Collective. So on that note, I love you guys. We out of here, baby.